Hey, how's it going? This is Dan Wynn. And Mike Glassby. And this is the Military Cashflow Podcast, where we teach service members how to build wealth and create passive cash flow through real estate. We cover real deals, real numbers, and real lessons learned from other successful investors. Now, whether you're watching this on YouTube or you're listening on the podcast, we need you to like, share, and subscribe. Now, let's get started creating this military cash flow. What's going on, Military Cashflow family? Today, we have Naaman Taylor. He's going to be dropping some knowledge about some wholesaling and also his just his real estate journey in general. So uh, welcome to the show, Naaman. Thanks so much for coming on. Please let us know a little bit about yourself, who you are, where you're from, and a few other little things. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, thanks for bringing me on, man. This is uh, always a pleasure and a treat to do. I've been watching your uh, podcast here for a little while now, and uh, I want to give back to our community, our military community. So I love to share my story. I think words and uh, knowledge are some of the biggest things we can share. And this is one of the, the best ways to do it. We can't always give everybody our time, but with this one hour that we do here can be heard by, you know, thousands and then thousands of people. So I'll start off by, you know, I uh, joined the army when I was 18 years old. A recruiter just randomly came to our school. Gotcha. Uh, and I thought, I thought like, all right, man, this seems like a, a good idea. My dad told me it was a very bold move. And I thought to myself, like, I'd like my life to be a series of bold moves. So I started, you know, just, just by joining up from a recruiter in high school. I've now served 12 honorable years. I've uh, been to Germany, Korea, Afghanistan, Iraq. I've been stationed in the States in Fort Hood, Carson. I'm now here in uh, Fort Sill, Oklahoma, field, uh, home artillery. Uh, so... I've been all over the place in those 12 years. I've enjoyed it, but uh, the entrepreneur bug has bitten me and my time is in the army is going to be coming to, to an end soon. Nice. Nice. Hey, so one thing you said, two things you said, I really want to kind of circle back a little bit on hit on a little bit and, and make sure our listeners are really understanding that he talked about um, a way to give back. Right. So oftentimes we'll get hit up in the DMs. I'm sure you do as well. Uh, get hit up in the DMs asking for your time. Uh, like what, you know, can you help me? What do, I'm looking to get to this level and I see you're on that level. I would like your help, right? Before you guys do that, make sure you, you do check out what, what information that they're putting out for free, right? Because uh, our time is our most valuable asset. And I love that you really hit on that. And like, hey, this is one way to give back. And this is one way for people to learn to listen to the podcast, listen to our journeys, you know, uh, things like that, because we're putting out this information all the time. So I love that you hit on that. And I think that's a very, um, that's something that an overlooked thing, that's something that's very overlooked um, for people that are just getting started. So so make sure you reach out and get that that free content out there. Because that's, that's a, uh, you know, that takes time itself. And that's one way to, to help the masses. Right. And then secondly, uh, you hit on something. I was like, Ooh, that, that was, that was kind of nice. I hadn't heard that before a series of bold moves, your life to be a series of bold moves. Um, and I'm sure we're going to kind of learn on, learn about some of those bold moves as we progress through the, through the, uh, through your story. Um, but I'd like for you to like really emphasize on those points. Like, Hey, this was one of my bold moves. All right. One of your bold moves already joined the military. Let's go. Uh, let's continue the story. And as you continue, I'd love to, Hey, this is a bold move here. You know what I mean? Cause bold moves are something that a lot of people aren't doing. And as you guys know, 
you know, just serving in the military, what's less than 1% of them uh, of the U.S. or something like that. So series of bold moves, man, go out and taking uh, taking action. So please, yeah, let us know where, where the next bold move was, where, where to go from there. Yeah, let me let me touch on uh, the time thing that you brought up and then I'll, I'll move into the bold moves. So it's it's our our job as the people with the knowledge to teach people uh, how to earn your time. Right. So it's not just for free, but you can earn it. And by that, I mean, you can bring opportunity to people that that you want to work with. So I teach people like, hey, I'm looking for houses in this area at this price uh, or we're, we're trying to network in this area. Do you know any events or anybody you can connect with? So it's basically you got to have something to bring to earn our time. You can't just say, hey, how do I get started in real estate? Because that, what that tells me is like, you've not listened to any of the 10 podcasts I've been on at this point, Preach. but you're on my, but you're on my page, Preach. Uh, you know, in the DMs asking me questions and it's a, it doesn't, it's not like frustrating or anything. And I, I usually still message back, uh, but it is like, you know, I've put this content out now 10 times and I continue to get more, better and better every week and continue to improve. And, and they, they just keep getting better, these podcasts. It's like, if you just go listen to them. Man, not only will I answer that question, I'll answer probably 10 more questions you had and a bunch you didn't know you had. So Jeez. that's to say, I, I teach you to earn uh, earn my time. If you listen to the podcast, you'll know what I'm trying to get. And then you can bring opportunity. And now you have my full attention. Uh, thank you so much for emphasizing that point, man. Because like... And, and like you said, it's, it's not super frustrating. It's not, uh, it's not like we're, we're straight up just annoyed by it, but it's just an understanding, right? And I had to learn that lesson myself. And if you listen to any, any of my older uh, YouTube uh, videos where I kind of sharing a lot of my journey, right? That's one thing that I touch on as well. How can you, how can you provide value to someone else that you're trying to, that you're trying to learn from? Um, and that's, that's just what it is. Provide value to someone that you're trying to learn. If, if you want to learn how to get into your first rental property, all right, and you want this person as a mentor or this person to help you out, what value, I want you to just ask yourself, what value are you providing to that person? Because that goes a long way. Uh, for example, that when I, when I was in college, I wanted to learn how to flip houses, right? So back before, you know, before there was Instagram and things like that. And Facebook was kind of popping, but it wasn't really popping like that. This is back in like 07, 08, um, maybe, maybe a little bit later in that 09 timeframe. I guess Facebook was really, really hot then. But either way, um, I went on Craigslist and I feel like that's not used that much Craigslist, but I went on Craigslist and I, I put out an ad and was like, hey, um, I'm looking to get a mentor uh, from I'm looking for someone to teach me how to flip houses. That's essentially what the ad said. And, and it was just like, hey, I'm looking for someone to teach me how to flip houses. And I'm young at that time. I didn't really know um, what what this whole game was about. But I assumed that, hey, I'm a, I'm a young guy. I'm, I'm getting there and getting after it. Somebody's going to pick it up, right? And say, hey, yeah, I'd love to bring you on. That's not how that worked, right? It did, that I, I wrote like two or three ads and they just went all unanswered. And then I switched the game up and I learned something, uh, how to win friends and influence people. And they talk about essentially yeah. adding value. Right. And then I went back, rephrased it and put, um, Hey, I will work for free on your job site <laughs> as, um, in, in order to learn, in order to learn flipping, right. In order to learn how to flip houses. I don't even think I put that. I think I just put like, we'll work for free to be on a, a uh, renovation job site, something along those lines. And man, I got email after email, after email, after email, after email. And that's just me providing value, right? I can go out there and work with my hands 
and a way to provide value for someone else. So I'm just giving you that quick example. If you're thinking this is your first time hearing it and you're saying, hey, I want a mentor and you need an example of how can I provide value? I don't know anything. Well, there's a lot that you can do um, even if you don't know anything, right? So just give me that example. Yeah. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to go on a tangent. No, there, please. that's good, man. Yeah. And and the way people can add value, I tell that their their biggest usual usually their biggest commodity is their time. So no exactly. no one gets any more time than the other person. We wake up every day, and we all get the same 24 hours, and we can't tap into tomorrow and get any extra hours. So we all get the same time. Now what you do with that time is going to create the value that you have. Now when you come to us and you say hey, you know, I'd like to help you. How can I help you? That that doesn't, that, that's not something that we're looking for, right? It's, it's I, I can specialize in this. I can do these things. I can work for free because I have time available. So that that's how you want to come. You know, if you have time, dude, yeah, that's something we can't recreate or get any more of no matter how successful you get or anything like that. And, we're, and we get way more busy. I'm not even anywhere close to where I want to be and I'm still so busy every day. <laughs> and I'm like, it's incredible. It's Preach. incredible how busy we are. So, All right, we can we can end the show now. So I mean that's that's enough value for this. Uh, <laughs> hey, I got gang it. <laughs> hey, if you're listening, dude, like just that alone, that piece alone was was enough. You know, was was extremely valuable, right? Extremely, extremely valuable. You understanding that, especially if you're trying to get into this and you're trying to learn how to flip properties or do rental or do wholesaling or, you know, buy and hold, whatever you're trying to do, right? Just that alone. If you can understand that alone, man, you know, you, 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 there'd be so much success, right? I think Jim Rohn has a quote is like, you can get anything in the world, something I'm paraphrasing here, but you can get anything in the world as long as you're willing to help enough people uh, reach their goals or something like that. But I think you understand the premise, yep. but, yep. um, uh, but yeah, man, go ahead, please. Uh, let us know a little bit about a little bit more about, uh, your story, please. Yeah, perfect. So when I joined the, uh, yeah, we haven't got past high school. The dude came randomly, uh, to my high school and, and I, I did the battle buddy system with, uh, a guy that we played basketball together since the seventh grade. And uh, we weren't we weren't the best of friends in school, but we were pretty cool. And then uh, we got really, really tight our senior year uh, because we both knew we were going to join the army together. We knew the whole the whole year we were seniors. We were going to the army and uh, we did the battle buddy system. We got to go to basic AIT. We went to our first duty station together. We deployed together. So like the first three, four years in the army, it was three years. First three years in the army was super great for, for me and him because we had each other. You know, so That's we were from Cleveland. Cool. We had never been anywhere. Uh, we went to Colorado together and then we went to Afghanistan together, came back. And, uh, you know, it was really nice having a person that I could relate to uh, with me for the first three years. Because, you know, it, you know how those barracks are, man. It can get, <laughs> you got all kind of people in there. You don't know who is who and who's doing what. So it was really nice to have a friend with me uh, in the in the barracks and, and stuff like that. So it was pretty awesome. You know, that's that's actually dope. I hear a lot of people going through the battle buddy system, but it usually doesn't work out for some reason. Sounds like, you know, you and your you and your friend were even in the same company. If you guys were sharing barracks or right, at the very least, the same battalion. Right. Yeah. No, we were in the same same uh, battery, same platoon. We were in the same platoon. We had the Crazy. same job, everything. We picked everything the same and uh, it worked out very fortunate. I hear a lot of people do the battle buddy system. They go to basic training together. And then they see each other like chow, but you know how the interactions are basic training. So there's really no battle buddy there uh, necessarily. You see a familiar face, but that's about it. Um, so yeah, we got, we got extremely lucky in the beginning uh, stages of our career in the army. 
That's awesome, man. Okay. So join the army, um, join the army. You got picked up by the recruiter. You did the battle buddy. That's pretty cool to know that, you know, your senior, your whole entire senior high school, you already know what you're doing. So that kind of, mm-hmm. I'm sure that relieved a lot of pressure. Like, and it, know, did. actually, it didn't yeah. help with school though. <laughs> it didn't help with school. Cause I was like, don't you want to have better grades? You know, you can get it at college. I'm not going to college. I'm not worried about no school. I'm not going to gym. I'm trying to just play, I'm playing basketball, you know? So that's really, yeah, so it definitely didn't help with uh, school, but uh, it, it definitely gave me a goal as a senior to make That's sure I stayed cool. out of trouble and, and, and you know, attended school because it was a requirement to get the diploma to, to get to go to the Army. Yeah. yeah, dude, that's pretty cool, man. Okay, so you did that, and uh, you, now you're at your first duty station at Fort Carson, I imagine. You said Colorado, so I imagine this is Fort Carson. Yeah, okay. yep, I was at Fort Carson, and then we deployed, we came back, and then I got orders to Korea. And, uh, you know, all the guys that we were stationed with, uh, we all went to basic and AIT together and we all went to Carson somehow, like most of us, because they were the point. Nice. Uh, so we get back and I'm the only one that gets orders to Korea. And I'm like, I'm, mm. I'm like, hey, like what? First of all, what is Korea and why am I going there? I didn't. I'm from Cleveland. I've never been anywhere other than now I've been to Fort Sill and Fort Carson. And I'm like, where is Korea and what is a Korea? I was very confused. I thought I was going back to back to war. You know, I went to Afghanistan and I'm like, I guess I'm going back to war. I didn't bring any clothes with me. I just brought my TA-50. And, you know, the Army was different in 2012 when this yeah. was going on. Uh, no one, we weren't that informed of, of everything as you are now. Uh, they didn't have the the act system and the, the sponsor and all that. So I just show up with my TA-50 and, I'm, and I realized like, oh, this place is actually pretty cool. <laughs> to this day, Korean barbecue is my favorite food. I learned to speak the language. I mean, I, it completely changed my life going to that that second duty station. Nice, nice. So as as we transition into talking about you know where you where you started in real estate, right? I want to I want to get a sense, and for those out there listening, right, because you might be in that same situation. I want to get a sense of where your mindset was at, right? Like, what what are you doing with your money at that time? What are you doing with thinking about like, hey, my my, you know. Um, my future, what I plan to do, right? Take take me back to where your mindset was at during that time, right? And then I want you to walk us through that transition of change. Yeah. So after I left Korea, it's smooth transition here. I was promoted to staff sergeant in 2013. Four years, fast as you could do it. I was high speed, you know. And uh, we we move over to Fort Hood, and uh, now I come off base. You know, I remember I got my first staff sergeant check and I couldn't believe it because I got BAH and BAS and I'm like, I got paid on the first and I thought they I thought they paid me for the whole month. I was like, yo, did I just get paid for the whole month? I'm 22 years old. I'm like, man, I'm I'm making you know good money in my mind at this point, and uh, so I'm I'm thinking like, great, but now I had to find somewhere to live uh, because you know you have to live off base, no more barracks. And they're like, when we move on post, and I was just thinking like, that doesn't seem like a good idea. And I was like, no, nah, I, I think I want to find my own place. And I talked to a, uh, a realtor friend of ours and I used my VA loan. First, first used it 22 years old. I bought a duplex. Sheer luck. This is all sheer luck. I had no, no investor mindset. So you just randomly bought no a duplex. Agenda. You're like, hey, I'm just going to buy a duplex. A brand new duplex at that. Uh, new build wasn't even built yet the one next door was being was just finished and they were like we're gonna build one just like it next door and i was like okay i'll take it because it was really nice and i was like i'd never lived anywhere this nice it's beautiful and i go yeah i'll take it and uh we, we wait a month i had uh rented a room from a friend of mine for like a couple months 
while I was being built, pay like $250 a month to rent this room uh, just to wait for my house to be built. And then they build the duplex. I immediately hire a property management company because I know nothing uh, about real estate or renting a property. None. So I hire the best. I just look on Google reviews and hire this property management company. I still use them to this day. They get me a great tenant. She's moving out this month on the 30th, but she's lived there since this place was built in 2013 so on the other side. Jeez. Okay. Okay. So that was my longest tenant. Right. So I've had, I've been a landlord quote unquote, uh, for like eight years, but no investor mindset. I bought brand new duplex, hired property management. I lived in a small room in the duplex and rented the big room. So like I was the ultimate house hacker in 2013 and I had no idea what house hacking was. You know, it wasn't a coined phrase yet. Yeah. I was just like, Hey, I'm trying to save all my money. And I just stumbled into buying a brand new great duplex. I, my mortgage was like $1,300. I could charge a thousand dollars for rent and I was written in the back room for 500 bucks. So I was like yeah. getting paid to live there, collecting my, my BAH, living in my, my room, you know, just kind of going to work 22, like, balling i don't even i i it seemed like i had unlimited money at this point <laughs> all right let's take a quick break i hope you're enjoying this awesome episode if this episode has got you pumped up and you're looking for more ways to learn network and take action make sure you go over to www.militarycashflow.com where we're doing our absolute best to provide our military community with tons of value here's just a few things you'll find when you go to militarycashflow.com You'll find our books. You'll find the Military Cashflow Facebook group where we have thousands of new and experienced military investors networking and asking and answering questions. You'll find our Military Cashflow real estate investing course that teaches you everything you need to know to buy a cash flowing producing asset. We teach you how to find the deal, how to analyze, how to renovate, how to build your team and maintain that property. You'll find our one-on-one coaching programs. And when you're ready to start taking action and invest, or you're looking just to PCS, we'll even vet and find an investor and military-friendly realtor in your area at zero cost to you. So make sure you head over to www.militarycashflow.com to get access to all these great tools. And lastly, and I would almost say most importantly, Make sure you share this information with another military member that might find it valuable. And with that said, let's get back into this episode. Yo, that is crazy. So like without any, no kind of training, no kind of like, in, no one coined, you know, at that time, 2020, Bruh. right? Like bigger pockets was like barely, you know, like wasn't even really, wasn't even really big like that. It was a very, very small platform. And I don't think very, very few people knew about it in 2012. So you're out there. Uh, don't know what a house hack is. Don't know anything about, you know, buying a duplex with your VA loan. Cause that's another thing that a lot of people don't know is that you can buy multifamilies with your VA loan. So you're out there and you're just like, Hey, I'm going to buy a duplex. Didn't know anything about property management. You're just like, Hey, I'm, you're just kind of doing what I guess makes sense to you at that time, which is wild. Yep. You're saying at that time you were what, 22 years old, 23 years old, something like that. I was 23, 23. So 23 years old out there, just, just, killing the house hack killing the duplex by his first dude. his first investment i mean that's that's awesome dude that is crazy so so you, there had to be i i imagine there had to be something like a some type of mindset at that point where you're just like hey man i'm just going to try to save my money was there some end goal or something like that or was it just no, like, hey, this there, just makes sense to me i'm just gonna i'm just gonna do it there, there was still no mental <clears throat> shift i i was just like getting this extra money 
And I was like, great. And I was just having a good time with my life, being in the army, just going about my day. I never thought, let me scale, let me do this again. I didn't buy another house for seven years. Nothing. I just lived in the one. Actually, that's not true. I lived in that duplex for two years and then I moved out of the duplex and uh, and bought a house, another VA loan in the same area. Uh, and they allowed it. The, the VA allowed me to move. Yeah, that's needed more space. Okay. Was it, so another, was it another duplex? Again. Was it another duplex or a single? No, family? I bought a house. I just bought a house. I was ready to move. I was ready for a little bit more space. So I was just like, hey, I'll buy a house. I bought a huge house in Colleen. And uh, again, lucky dummy. So my friend Shaq calls it. But I didn't buy that. Like, let me get another investment property. I just bought, I said, I'm looking for a new place to live. So I ended up renting, you know, both units and cash flowing like $600 a month after I property management. Uh, and that was awesome. But still no investor mindset, just getting lucky in life and what seems like making pretty rational decisions you know like let me just try and live for cheap and not pay a lot of money and you know just worked out the duplex and the single family i I bought a four bedroom two and a half bath house pretty big and i rented the rooms to my friends but i still i wasn't like (laughs) this wasn't a thing i was just trying to live for cheap and my boys could needed a place to live so it just worked out again and then uh, I lived there for years. We deployed to Iraq. Uh, I, and then I came back and I had orders for Germany. So then uh, I had to, I sold the house uh, after I got to Germany, probably a year and a half after I got to Germany. I, I tried to rent it out myself and it went terrible. I was like, oh, I don't need to pay no stinking property management. And then like somebody wrecked my house and it was all bad. Uh, this, this is a four so, bed, two bath, right? This is in the duplex. Mm-hmm. Okay. No, not the duplex. I, I tried to rent it myself after I PCS to Germany and the dude just like had a bunch of kids and dogs and like, it was all bad. So then I, about like two years into me being in Germany, he stopped paying the rent and I had to like basically victim. And then I got the place fixed up and listed it on the market. And they had appreciated like $40,000 from when I bought it. I just got lucky again. Right. I'm like, Oh, the VA loan, no money down. I sold this house four years later after everything was said and done, I got about $35,000. And I was like, well, that was awesome. Uh, maybe I should try this real estate thing. And 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 then I, I, did, I still didn't do anything for like another four months. And then the pandemic hit. And uh, I was like, oh, man, when are, and we had all this time off from work when the pandemic hit. And I had some money saved. I had put some money in some stocks and stuff. And I had, I had some money saved. And then I uh, was watching like Dave Ramsey on YouTube because we had all this time. And I was like, playing video games for like a month or two and I was like this is a waste of my time I need to figure something else out so I just started watching like what I thought was good content on, on YouTube Dave Ramsey and I, uh, I got rid of my debt I started making extra payments on my house I did all the baby steps he says to do and I realized like I got to step five like really fast <laughs> and I was like dude I'm never gonna get rich doing this I was like this is not <laughs> this ain't it <laughs> But, you know, and most people, you know, they, they still follow that. And it's a good thing to, to start out with, I think. I tell people Dave Ramsey teaches the ABCs of finance. But there's, you know, 26 letters in the alphabet. So you got a long way to go still. And I like uh, so I learned I really the ABCs like of it. Yeah, so I learned the ABCs, man. And I was like, dude, this is uh, this is so slow. And just so happens the YouTube algorithm had a bigger pockets episode like underneath dave ramsey's thing i clicked on it and it was this was like young ugly brandon turner you know yeah. like this wasn't this wasn't a beardy brandon you know yet yeah uh, 
That was like one of those old, old episodes. 20, 2012, I, one of those 2012, 2013 bro, episodes. And yeah. Yes, bro. That was one of the ones that was back in the day. And uh, I started watching them. And I watched probably, I, I, I liked it. And I started watching, I probably watched 150 episodes in like two months. And this is all I did. We had all this time off from work because of the pandemic. And uh, I was like, after I watched, you know, all the hours, I was like, I can do this. And that's when I had the mental shift that you were asking about. Nice, nice. So uh, going back to the series of bold moves, man, you, you did make a series of bold moves just in buying, you know, buying the duplex and you bought the second one, you know, now now we're we're about to transition into the actual real estate journey. It seems like I, I think those are mm-hmm. let if you guys can't or if you guys don't watch this on YouTube, I think you got a bunch of yellow letters back there. I'm assuming that's what that is. Oh, bro. Are those yellow Dude. letters? All right. <laughs> these are my these are my returned <laughs> yellow letters. Oh, snap. OK, we're going we're going yeah. we're going to get into that. I'm, I'm kind of doing a little uh, foreshadowing here, but um. But yeah, man. So, um, we got we got to Germany. You started watching the videos. You got introduced to um, some to Dave Ramsey first, and and I think you're right. You know, there's ABC, just like you said. I love that love that analogy. There's ABCs, but you know, Brandon teaches the first three letters, but then there's the rest of the letters, right? I think that um, that uh, uh, Dave Ramsey is a uh, a phenomenal teacher to beginner investors or not beginner investors for beginner uh, learners that are trying to learn um, just just general knowledge about finances right yeah, but in order to like really really build wealth I think it's very very hard to build wealth the way that the way that uh, that he teaches right and then you have on the opposite end of the spectrum right the the complete opposite end of the spectrum people like uh, Grant Cardone, right? Who teaches like, mm-hmm. hey, debt is, debt is great, debt is great, to get as much debt as possible, right? Um, <clears throat> and I think he's for another type of uh, type of investor that that already has met success and has a lot of capital and might just have money. They pretty much already won at the finance game. This this beginner finance is nothing to them, right? They have massive capital. They're starting to really really build money. And, and I think his teachings are for them. I think most people in the military lie somewhere in the middle between the, the far left of Dame Ramsey and the far right of, of Grant Cardone, somewhere in the and middle. And they're, they're, they're really close to Dave Ramsey. I'd say they're, 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 they're more towards Dave than they are in the middle of Grant. I, I would agree. I would agree. Okay, I, I would agree with that. I can see that. Because so. I, I don't necessarily agree with Dave Ramsey at all anymore, but he's just part of my story. So yeah. I have to bring him yeah. up. <laughs> he's just, I don't love his content anymore. But he's just part of my story, and I think it is important for people to at least understand what he's saying. Yeah, those baby steps. I think those baby steps are uh, crucial. Now that you're saying that, I, I guess the mass majority of the military, yeah, they could definitely use the 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 beginning steps of the or the beginning phases of the that that baby step journey, right? Getting your Dude, just getting just your, look at the barracks parking right. lot. Yeah, just look at yeah. the barracks parking lot, and you'll see all the brand new cars uh, that are out there, all the depreciating assets. That, right. people are pick, okay. that people are picking up uh, all the house. People are using that VA loan very much incorrectly, buying too much house because they can. Uh, so, <laughs> watch, watch a lot of Dave maybe first. Very, very, very true. I, I will, I will definitely agree with that. You're right. You are definitely right. I, I'd say more, more on the Dave Ramsey side. And as they continue to progress in rank and uh, mm-hmm. progress in rank and protect, uh, progress in just their financial literacy definitely kind of in the, you know, kind of right in the middle there. So, um, all right. So we got into, 
had that mind shift when he started listening to the uh, to Brandon Turner and the guys over at Bigger Pockets, right? Mm-hmm. Um, what, what's the next? What's the next step? What did that shift do for you? And how did you start taking action um, from there? Dude, I was addicted. Like I said, I watched. I mean, I probably watched like 300 episodes at this point now. But the first two months, I just really banged them out. I got like, you know, I, you guys talk a lot about education on here. Uh, and I I got what I call my YouTube university um, that I'm picking up, you know, all kind of now. I got a master's degree on YouTube university now. Like, so I would say, you know, people that aren't interested in going to school like me, uh, just get on YouTube, dude, and put in the hours. Put them in. I listen to these podcasts on YouTube, um, a bunch of different podcasts, all kind of people. You can take shortcuts. You don't have to, you know, put in this traditional way of education um, if you're if you're willing to put the hours in on YouTube with the right content and people and take action with that same stuff. Because at that point, if you're just watching, it's entertainment and not necessarily education. And you know, it's funny that you that you say that you don't have to go to school, right? Even if you do go to school, m- school doesn't teach you this stuff, guys. Like, you can get your master's and master's degree in finance. You can get your master's degree in business and educate um, business administration. Your MBA. And you will never learn anything about real estate. You will ne- you'll rarely learn anything about taxes. You will re- you won't learn anything about personal finance for the most part. In general, all those all those classes are teaching you how to be a how to work in the corporate world, right? How to manage a business's finance from a from a you know you're looking at a fifty thousand level um, a fifty thousand level view. You're not learning about financial uh, financial or personal finances, right? You're not learning about you're not really learning about stocks. You're not learning about real estate. You're not learning anything to, to build wealth. Now, and if you guys have listened to another episode, you, you, you do know there are uh, master's degree programs that are out there. They're just very, they're less known, like the uh, like the, master that I'm, the master's degree I'm planning to go get is in, in master's of trust and wealth management. And that's all you learn is basically uh, personal finance type things. But those are, those are not as popular, right? But just like uh, Naaman said, YouTube University, YouTube University will give you your master's, your PhD, and, and anything you need to know with personal finances, right? And if you really want to build wealth, YouTube, podcasts, I mean, there's people out there like myself and, and Mike and, and Naaman who are, who are putting this information out there for free, dude. Like, it don't cost you any kind of tuition, no books, no nothing. It's just the information's out there. So and we're giving you real life experience, whereas some professors don't even have that real life experience they're just kind of teaching off of stuff that you know they learn for those of you don't know like for example there's my wife is a lawyer or my wife's an attorney you guys know um she has her law degree and and speaking with even some of her professors in that field there are there are career professors right that that haven't really you know practiced any kind of litigation right but they're but they're teaching class i always thought that was just really really weird but um that's I think business professors that don't have a business, you know, like, exactly, exactly. So it's kind of, it's kind of wild to me, but, um, all right, continue. I'm sorry. Keep, uh, keep, yeah, feeling no, you're good. So I listened to all those, the bigger pockets episodes and I, uh, I decided that I was going to try the bird process and I picked, um, a what, is the bur- what is the bird process? Yeah. So buy, uh, renovate, um, rent, refinance, repeat, uh, the coin by bigger pockets, you know. So I uh, I decided I was going to do that. And at this time, remember I told you guys I was living in Germany. Um, so I was just watching YouTube, and I was like, I'm going to buy. I'm going to do the bird strategy in, in Dallas. 
decided I was just going to do it in Dallas. It's a big market. Uh, my wife lived in McKinney, which was really close to Dallas. And we had some family and friends out there as well. So if I needed boots on ground, you know, I, I had the, the people that could help me if I asked. I had watched an episode of The Bigger Pockets with a guy named Josiah Smelzer, who's a friend of mine now. And I decided I was going to try and like get some sort of mentorship from him. So I, when I watched this episode, I really resonated with him and I thought I could really get along with this person. He seems like a really good person. I'm going to reach out to him on Instagram and see um, if he'd be interested in, in some sort of mentorship. Mind you, I had listened to both his podcasts, two, you know, 150 Bigger Pockets podcasts. I know what I'm talking about before I come on this thing and ask him for help. And I didn't ask him to just help me. I said, hey, do you offer any sort of paid mentorship programs? I just inbox them. And I didn't do it. Whatever, what a lot of people tell you to do is just like inbox 100 people a day to find one. I went one for one. I found somebody I liked that I thought I could resonate with and just inbox the one person. He said yes. And I had to pay him, of course. But, man, that payment changed my life. I was able to now get connections because he was also in the Dallas-Fort Worth market. I was able to get all sorts of connections and network. I tapped immediately, immediately into his network. He gave me just a couple of names of like three, four people. Then they gave me three, four people each and so on, you know, three, four people. And now I'm like, they're all this massive spider web in, in Dallas, Fort Worth. And I remember uh, I finally identified a house uh, from a wholesale company called New Res, a really big wholesale company. Uh, but they were offering really good deals at this time. This was, you know, beginning of 20 or this was about June of 2020. So I've been doing real estate about one year now. Um, so this is about June of 2020 when I uh, bought this house. You've been doing deliberate real estate, like like deliberate <laughs> yeah. investing, right? Because you've been doing this yeah. since 2012 on accident, right? Yeah. So, okay. yeah, yeah. So I've been like investor mindset now uh, since June of 2020. And so I, I bought this distressed property in, in Dallas-Fort Worth uh, for $70,000. And I used hard money to close it. I, I remember I had sold my house. I had about 40K now. What is hard I money? Had, uh, it's money you can borrow from either uh, from private money lenders or hard money lenders. Um, pay a percentage, points up front. I mean, it's all kind of ways to set it up. But basically, they'll let you borrow money on real estate ventures. And it's, and it's all kind of companies. Yeah. So yeah. I just want to touch on that for those who, who might be listening and not, might not know what hard money is. It's just a really easy way, just like just like Naaman said. Uh, but the the different the big difference between them and like a regular traditional bank is they'll lend on properties that need work done to it, right? And they offer it. For that money, um, they they usually lend on the asset, right? Um, like for for the ARV, the uh, for the after repair value of what what that that home is. But um, it's typically a lot easier to get. But because it's easier to get, um, it typically costs a little bit more. Like the percentages are a little bit higher. But go ahead, I'm sorry. <clears throat> yeah. So my property cost seventy grand, and it was thirty to thirty grand to fix it up to the standard I, that I wanted it to be fixed up at. And this lender in particular loaned 85% loan to value. Uh, and after his fees and everything, I only needed about $20,000 down to get the property and the rehab money. So it was like super scalable. Right? 20 G's, man, I got, I got 35, I'm in there. You know? So I put the money down. I hired a contractor that uh, I had interviewed a couple of times. I didn't have to pay them till the job was done, which is really important for me because I was 5,000 miles away from where I was investing. And then uh, they, they fixed that. This is really simple, guys. They fixed the house, <laughs> right? I didn't do I didn't do anything. I never seen this place. Uh, they went and gave me a bid. 
And this is the bold move we talked about, right? I said, I'm just going to do this. I'm not going to wait. I'm just going to do it. <clears throat> and I remember when I bought the place, I had <laughs> this crazy anxiety. I walked around the block like five times. Like, <laughs> oh my God. Bold moves, baby. Bold moves. Dude, at this point, $20,000 was like everything. You know, I'm like, dude, this is so much money. This is all, this is like half of everything I have. Uh, I was freaking out a little bit, you know, about this house. It's not even in good shape. This was like still, I, I listened to all the podcasts, right? But this is still <laughs> the first time I did it. So I'm like, oh my God, dude, what did I do? My wife's going to be so pissed uh, if this doesn't work. So the house, you know, 70, 30, I put the 20 down, it gets fixed up and the, the appraisal comes back at 140. Mm. So like, bam, 40 K forced appreciation. Mm. Right. Um, first deal. Freaking great. You know, pretty good deal. Okay. Yeah. Nice little deal. Right. And then, uh, I wasn't trying to flip houses at the time. I was just trying to uh, build a rental portfolio. So I, uh, I didn't take any money out at all. I just, um refinanced it period yeah yeah i didn't even try to get any cash back because i wanted the cash flow as much as i could so i'm like i just got this hundred forty thousand dollars house for 20k you know it's okay and then my mortgage now is like 400 bucks but i can rent this place for like 1200 so i just refinanced it um got a renter in there and, and we still have this house i mean obviously i've only been doing this for a year I didn't sell it yet. Uh, the guy signed a two-year lease, actually. Um, so we still have, you know, all the properties that we bird. But I did it the first time, and I was like, "Dude, I can do this like five times over <laughs> if it's that easy." So I did like at the one point I had five deals open at one time. We did another duplex. The the house I'm in now is a triplex. We did a triplex. Uh, we did two other houses in DFW that we converted a garage, hard money and cash, and uh. You know, raising capital, burning out, giving people their money back. Like we just did it a couple times over. Yeah, man, you, you you just like what you just said there in that like last five seconds is kind of a breeze over some things. But it, what you don't understand, man, that's a lot of work. That's a lot of work, and it's it's um, that's a lot of dedication, especially if you were overseas for most of that time, right? That is that is extremely commendable, man. Like that's that's freaking awesome. And where are you at right now? As far Fort as Joe, Oklahoma, as far as your your door count right now, because you said you did this oh. a bunch of time, you just did this over and over again. Yeah, yeah, we're at twenty rental units now. So in one year, you did basically well. That's so basically uh, eighteen then, because you you already had your duplex, right? Your your duplex from twenty twelve. So you did. Yeah. You 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 made eight. You built an eighteen unit portfolio in the last year. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, year and some change. That that's phenomenal, dude. That's absolutely phenomenal. Um, now, since you since you clearly mastered that lane, what I want to do is kind of unpack just a little bit of the process mm -hmm. of how that works, because I think this is going to be very um, appealing. Once people hear this, they're going to be like, man, how, how can I go about doing something very similar? Right. And how do I scale at that level? Because my very first deal was a bird deal, too. It was exactly the same way. Did hard money, did all this other stuff, and I made videos about it and everything like that, but uh, did not have that type of the level of success that you had with, with scaling, right? Because I, I should have sold mine because I was on the cash flow on like $110 or something like that a month, uh, whereas you're, you're cash flowing a lot more, right? Um, so what can you can you walk us through like very very uh i guess like elementary style through the process of uh finding the home 
Um, I understand how the heart, we understand kind of how the hard money works, but I don't think a lot of people will understand that, you know, the, the hard money lender will pay for the purchase and the rehab and then the whole loan to value thing, right? And then um, what you're doing to manage the contractors, because that is like, that was the biggest thing for me going through uh, renovations as well, managing contractors. So can you just touch a little bit? I don't want to take the whole entire podcast and talking about it because I want to jump into where you're at right now. But can you give us a, a just a like, kind of an elementary style, you know, step by step, how to how to how to go through that if you're trying to do the Burr method? Yeah. So when we're finding the house, um, I what I did was I just used a big wholesale company originally. Yeah. Uh, New Res. There's a bunch of big wholesale companies that you can find distressed properties with. Uh, that's what we do now. Uh, you can find them for really cheap prices for the most part. Now it's kind of tougher because you know, yeah. the market's crazy. Uh, but you can use wholesalers to find houses, or you can use Facebook, um, Craigslist, like you said earlier. There's a bunch of ways, or you can just, if you know a neighborhood you want to live in, you're already there, drive around, look for distressed property, and then see if you can't, you know, make an offer and then use a, a hard money lender to purchase it. Now, hard money lenders or private money lenders, like, you know, grandma, or you've got a rich uncle or friend, you know, you can borrow money to do this kind of stuff. And when you refinance, you pay them back. So the bank will give you the money back that you borrowed from your grandma to, to purchase the house, right? If you ran the numbers uh, hard, right. Yeah, if you did it all right, did it, if you buy cheap enough, right, um, and you live in a nice enough place where you can force enough appreciation. Make sure you're running your numbers. Now, the biggest the biggest, and hardest part, and still to this day, is contractors. You have to interview them thoroughly beforehand because cheaper is not always better. For me, it's more about being hands-off because my time is more important to me than anything. So I, I like to have contractors, even if they cost more, that I don't have to like call and make decisions on. I say, hey, this is what we want to do with this house. And then in two months, they give me a call back and say, it's done. Uh, and I was very lucky to be able to find that all the way in Germany. But it took, you know, quite a bit of interviewing and agreeing and trust. Uh, you have to take some sort of calculated risk, right? But what's what's more risk? What's so risky about, like, someone not getting paid until they're finished with a job? So well, you just... <laughs> I, I, I want to touch on that because that's awesome. There, there's honestly, there's very, you have to be a pretty big contracting company or, or, or these, these are some really good guys to, and they have a big business to be able to, to sustain that. Cause a lot of contractors won't support the material or they'll ask for half, you know, half up front or they'll ask for a portion up front. I mean, I, I've, I've touched on that uh, heavily. Like don't ever, I mean, in my opinion, I never pay up front. I will never, ever pay up front because that's how a lot of people just straight up take your money. And then you hear those horror stories. You never hear from them again. Right. Yeah. So um, so it's it's very hard to find contractors that will wait until the end because they're taking risk on their side as well. You know, they could. And even though they have a lien on your property, you know, they don't get paid unless you sell it. Right. Um, yep. So. They're, they're taking risk on their side as well by doing all the labor up front and buying, you're saying they're buying the material as well up front. And then what if you don't pay or what if you guys have a disagreement and you know, you, the owner says, I don't want to pay. Right. So that, that trust goes on both ways, but um, yeah, man, that's, that's a, uh, how did you go about finding the contractor that would, that kind of met your, your criteria? Yeah, it was interviews. So I was in Germany just like taking WhatsApp calls with different contractors and like getting on just like this, looking them in the face, talking to them. And uh, I came across a good one, one that was recommended by my mentor. There you go. That's what I was waiting on right there. <laughs> yeah, they were, they were recommended, um, but I still interviewed them just to, I'm not just going to, oh, those are used, great. I'm just going to use them too. 
So I interviewed them, explained my situation and what I needed it to look like. And they just, they agreed. They were just good, nice people. Um, but I took the time to figure that out about them. Uh, so yeah, you got to just take your time and, and figure out, you know, and, and also have be genuine yourself. You know, it, it helps. Um, that's why, you know, I just, I'm open book. I try not to have to have any agenda so I can just say whatever I want to say. Uh, just be a good person and you don't have to like watch what you're saying. <laughs> Very true. Very, very true. Okay. So you got the contractor to, to, to finish the property for you. He calls you back two months later. Now what happens? Uh, then I, the appraisal went out for, from the hard money lender. And uh, they told me they, they are pretty mm. stringent with their stuff because they want to make sure that they don't get played. So they'll, they tell me, oh, your house is worth 121,000. And I'm like, really? That's not the comps I got. But you know, that's not what the bank got either. So they, they came back at 140, but the hard money just, that's the way they do it. They make sure that their money is written in for sure. They don't want to get burned. Um, so I was a little bit upset at first. Like, man, I only made, you know, 20, well, not only, but I, I was only able to force 20,000 in appreciation on this job when I thought I was going to be able to force at least 30. Uh, so, you know, those numbers weren't making sense to me at first, but once I got their actual numbers back, I was like, this is a good deal. Uh, and I do all my burrs to flip uh, ready, like flip, flip properties, not just to get them rent ready. To exit so I force, Yeah, I like to force as much appreciation as possible, even though I'm going to rent them. I don't care. I'm just going to make the nicest house possible because I can charge the most rent and, uh, and I can get the most money out of this deal if I'm burring. Yeah, that's that's awesome. And then you just basically place a tenant from there. I mean, you got the property manager, I imagine that's managing all those properties. So, um, dude, that's awesome. That's that's awesome. So, hey, you know, if you're listening out there, we try our best to give you some actionable steps. And what what Naaman just laid out is literally the blueprint for for burn. Obviously, that was kind of a, a, a watered down version, but we want to definitely give you some 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 very, very good content, uh, very good content and also some great um, examples and uh, steps that you should be doing along that burr process, right? So that's a, a very, very great rate, way of scaling. I wish I would have known some of the things that he's saying uh, right now back in 2016 when I did my first burr. So um, so that's that's definitely rewind that if you need to, reach out to Naaman if you need to, to, to really get that uh, that process down pack. Um, you can also go check out some of our older videos where, where we, we talk it's purely the burr strategy. I think I made like an hour long video just only on the burr. <laughs> this is this is like a, yeah. I think back in 20, 2019 or something like well, that. Well, so. let me let me squeeze this in before we have to uh, cut it. Burr strategy is not even my favorite strategy. I like the line of credit strategy, uh, which is what we did with the property that I'm living in. I partnered with a friend of mine. We we had both saved up a bunch of cash, and I had flipped the house and made some cash on some wholesales. Uh, we, we both had around like 70 grand each, but we we only needed to purchase this property here. It was a foreclosure on a, a app that I bought off of an app called HomePath. Uh, we bought it for 70,000. We put 40K into it, right? We, we both had some cash to do it. So we were 110 all in on this deal and uh, it's three units. So then we, uh, we got it appraised. It appraised at 160. Awesome, right? Again, boom, me and I, I make my friends all kind of money. They love me. So- uh, he was like, awesome, dude. We got this great property. We just forced 50K in appreciation. I live here for free. We pulled a line of credit from the bank. I go to the bank and I say, I have this, we used all cash. We didn't refinance like the birth strategy. Yeah. Um, so we went to the bank and said, I have this asset. It's worth 160,000. Can I get a line of credit? They gave me 80% loan to value. So they gave me 100, 135K 
of basically my money back at 4% interest whenever I want. Now, this is an extremely powerful tool, which is why I wanted to bring it up um, versus the Burr strategy, because you can get a couple doors doing Burr that way um, and you can get a little bit of cash flow. You know, but if you're not in great markets, which most military towns aren't, uh, like here in Lawton, we're not going to hold stuff that's going to appreciate 30, 40 K over a couple of years. So we need more cash flow. So we use cash and get a line of credit. And now we use that line of credit to flip houses for transactional funding for houses that we're um, wholesaling. And we can cash flow a lot. I rent the unit next to me for 700 and the unit on the other side for 800. So we get all the cash flow. I live here for free. We have 50K forced appreciation. And now we have access to most of our money still. Uh, we have to leave some with the bank, but most of yeah. our money we have access to, to use this as you please. So if you have cash, I would say the first strategy is not necessarily the best strategy for you. But if you only have like 30, 40K and you got to keep reusing it, by all means. Uh, but if you got a little bit more than that or you flip a couple, it can get a little bit more than that. The line of credit strategy is amazing. It's changed the way we the way we operate. Yeah. And it, that is that is diamond. That's gold right there. Diamonds and gold right there, because, again, I did my first my first Burr property. And had I known about the line of credit and about like how powerful that tool is, I never would have refied. I would have just took that money yeah. and, and probably bought three or four other doors, right? And at the same time, you're cash flowing the entire time, which is basically paying off the line of credit that you're using. So it's like, mm -hmm. it's almost freaking free money, right? Um, yeah. So it, it's a, an extremely powerful tool. Um, very, very powerful tool. So Talk us through a little bit of the, it seems like, you know, you did that and now you started to transition into wholesaling. I talked about the foreshadowing a little bit more because I saw that that book of yellow letters back there. So can yeah. you, let's transition into where you're at now and what you're doing now. Well, let, let me ask you this. Would you rather do another episode about wholesaling or would you want to squeeze it in now? Dude, we, we can, I'm not worried about the, we're, I think we're like 50 minutes in. So we're, we're good, man. We're good. We're good. Okay. Yeah. I just want to make we'll, sure that I don't want, I know our, your time is valuable. I'm just going to go golf when we're done. So like I'm good to, to do whatever we need to do here, but yeah, I'm down to share, man. I love this stuff. Uh, and I want to help as many people as possible. And wholesaling is the best way to help everybody because you don't need any money to start. You truly don't. Um, we ordered door hangers. It's like a hundred bucks from uh, ballpoint marketing, which is like Ryan Dossie's company. And, and there's cheaper ways to get them. I just, you know, I like Ryan. So I, I support his company. Um, and we're, we give them out to people that, that are looking to get started uh, in real estate. And we're like, hey, if you hang this on the door and take a picture of that distressed property and send it to us, we can JV on deals, right? Um, so that's a super cheap way to get in. It's like driving for dollars and like people write down the addresses and try to contact the people. Just put a, put a door hanger on there or leave a sticky note. And sticky notes are cheaper than door hangers. Uh, so it's super, you know, free and, and, and easy ways to get into the door for wholesaling to find these distressed properties and driving for dollars is driving around neighborhoods, um, looking for houses with like tall grass, broken windows, ugly houses, um, just, or just a place you might even want to buy just cause you like it. Um, but that's this cheap, free, easy way to, to get started into wholesaling. Nice. Okay. That's a, that's a very, very, uh, easy path. I kind of had a, had a little small wholesaling stint there for, for a little bit. And then the pandemic hit and I had to move and all these, I went to Germany and all this mm -hmm. other stuff like that. So mm -hmm. kind of the same thing, but um, those are, those are some, 
mean, everybody knows about the driving for dollars, right? I think that's one of the most yeah. common, the most common ways to do it. But I really like the door hanger strategy. I hadn't heard that before, actually. Um, I've seen them before, but I hadn't really heard about it in the way that you did it. Hey, hanging on your door. And I'm assuming the, uh, the, the buyer will eventually see it or someone will eventually, you know, see, see the, see the door hanger and then give a call on the, on the, that yellow letter. And then you guys can yeah. negotiate from there, but can you just give us a, a quick, um, a quick example of what wholesaling is or like what, what just give us a quick, quick example. What is wholesaling? Yeah. What, you know, what do you do here? Why do you do it? Yeah, wholesaling is more sales than it is real estate, to be honest with you. I didn't realize that when I got started in it. I just been a soldier for 12 years and then buying my own houses and doing the burr and stuff like that. But then when the market started going crazy, I couldn't do it anymore because the houses were too expensive. But even the wholesaling houses were too expensive. I couldn't get any more cheap properties to force appreciation. So I decided to get into to wholesaling myself so I could find my own houses to, to burr or flip or keep. And then we started getting, you know, good at it <laughs> and we're like let's just sell all these things and we're, we're uh we're doing really well at it now uh wholesaling is that's still in dallas it's still in the dallas market or you're in lawton right now Dude, man, we're all over the place okay yeah, we're all kind of different states and countries or not countries states and cities um but wholesaling is putting a, a property under contract for basically as low a price as possible and then selling it for as high a price as possible uh, but you're just selling the contract and you're selling these contracts to flippers, buy and hold people, other real estate investors, maybe even other wholesalers who can sell it for more money than you. Uh, but your your main objective is to find a house for as cheap as possible, put it under contract, and sell that contract to somebody else for a profit. Nice. That's a that's great description of, of what wholesaling is. All right. So what are you doing? So how, so you explain how you got into wholesaling because it was kind of a, you just did a pivot, right? So you're like, hey, man, this, yeah. you know, my old strategy is not really working right now because just the, yeah. the, the market, right? So what else can I do within the same realm to to continue to continue to be working? Because you're a grinder, dude, like already you make you make bull moves. <laughs> so yeah, I keep doing it. dude. Exactly. Exactly. So you're doing the wholesaling. You're, you're out there. You're putting the, the door hangers on. And um, how's that been going for you? And what, what are you, where do you see yourself, you know, moving from here? I'm trying to draw, I'm trying to grow a monster wholesale company, dude. I'm trying to do, you know, millions of wholesales. Uh, so we've been doing this for three months. We've only been doing it right for about 45 days. Uh, <laughs> we, yeah, we did it for 45 days at first. And we had, we were just trying and trying to figure out what we were doing. And we paid for a, a mentorship kind of program to go down and like go inside of a company and look and see what they're doing and and we learned a ton and we and brought it back with us and now is that i'm just curious, now is that brent daniels no no okay. no we we uh you know um right i'm part of rat race to buy okay uh which All is right. felipe mejia and diego yeah, yeah, corzo yeah, yeah yeah so we did a, a paid mentorship program with uh diego's brother okay um gonzalo and uh dude they did a million wholesales in six months so like I'm not messing around. I'm not this is not a side gig. This is not uh, a part-time passion or whatever. I, I'm getting out of the army to do this full time, right? Because this is this is about we're getting it's getting crazy. Um, if well, what was your first question? Let me answer that first before I get into all these numbers. No, I just wanted to see. You're, you're, keep okay. going. Keep going. Keep going. You're good. Yeah. So um, I mean, if we close everything we have under contract right now, we'll probably do sixty thousand dollars next month. In a month. Yeah. Like That's in a good. month. Yeah. So like I'm gonna I'm gonna write a book. I went from making 60k a year to 60k a month, um, 
you know, exiting, you know, through wholesale and exiting the army. It's going to be crazy. Uh, but it's a lot of systems and processes in place. And like I said, we've been doing this correctly for about 45 days. Uh, we spent a lot of money on uh, these yellow mailers. We make probably over a thousand phone calls every day, cold calling. Uh, we hire cold callers from Philippines um, and other countries to reach out to all these homeowners. Um, and we get right back on the phone with them if they are interested in selling. Give you them hot leads. Are you using Mojo, I'm Dude. assuming? Uh, we use a, a dialer system called Phone Burner. Okay. Yeah, we might switch to Mojo, though, because they have the triple dialer and yeah, stuff. Yeah, triple dialer is no joke, man. Yeah. So, um, yeah, but like we're, you know, we're a company of six people right now. And I'm still like, you know, working every day in the army. So it's yeah. a little frustrating for me uh, to have to spend so much time. You know, I'm at PT, then I'm at work. And then I get off, I do lunch and I'm like, trying to make up the leads. Yeah, exactly. Dude, I, I, I get it, man. I get it. Grinding. I'm putting it, it in. But uh, you, you listen to Jim Rohn. One thing I wanted to share with people was like, right now, I'm working full time on my job and part time on my fortune. I don't know if you heard that. Yeah. So like, I, I truly love that. And it won't be long until I'm working full time on my fortune. Um, and I truly, you know, I'm passionate about wholesaling and real estate investing. And I wanted to get as much of this information out as I could for people. Um, because like, we don't make enough money in the army. And there's so much abundance out there. And this is just one avenue, real estate investing. But like, there's so much you can do if you decide to just change your mind. I made a video on my, on my Instagram this morning. I ran before the podcast and like, clear my head, just push up and stuff. Um, I, I made an, uh, a video, like a little reel or whatever, trying to get better at Instagram. Um, like if you want to, you know, change your circumstances, you just have to make a decision. If you decide that, hey, I want to live by the beach. Well, Lawton is not by the beach, right? So I got to figure out, hey, if I want to live by the water, I got to make a decision. How do I get to live by the water? I want to live in a high rise. How do I make a decision to live in a high rise? So I've continued to make these decisions for myself. And it has not always been comfortable. Um, as you can imagine, with you know being in the military, but bold moves, right? I made a bold move at 18 to join the military. I'm going to make a bold move at 31 now to exit. Um, and it's not going to be very comfortable for me and everybody that's you know around me. But at some point, this life is going to change and it's going to be beautiful. And one day I'm going to be by the beach in that high rise driving the car that I'd like because I decided I wanted to. Not because I got lucky and my job changed and I hit the lottery or anything like that. I decided I was going to find a way to make more money. And I, and, and I made those decisions and I put in the hard work. It's no luck over here. It's just hard work. And, yeah, man. you know, you know, you got me hyped up right now. Now you can't really dude, tell right dope. now, but I'm, I'm ready to go on. A, I'm ready to go on a run. I'm ready to go, you know, dude, out some dope. door hangers and stuff like that, man. Hey, that's awesome. I want you to seriously, if you're listening, I really, really want you to just rewind that last like minute and a half or, so, or something, because there is so much power in, in literally just changing your mind and it, it and even if you have a full-time job, like, I mean, I got a full-time job. Naaman's got a full-time job. We're both in the military, right? I'm dual military and I got two kids, right? So, it, it, but it all boils down to changing your mind and finding the little time that you have available to, to you know, work on your fortune, right? I mean, we all know in the military, you're not going to get rich, dude. Like it's, it's, you're not, you're not going to get rich in the military. That's what it is. So, but if, if that, if that is your goal is to become extremely wealthy, uh, build a fortune, you're going to have to do something outside of just the military to do that. Right. And, and I love that, that you hit on that. Right. I mean, everybody has that opportunity, right. Instead of sitting down and playing those video games or, you know, watching the TV and stuff like that. I mean, you can really be do, 
going out there and building your fortune. It only takes part-time to build that fortune, right? And now you're make, making an extremely bold move to, to get out of the military at 12 years, right? Which is, I yep. think that's right in that sweet spot where everybody's like, ah, what do I do? What do I do? Like, if you hit 12 years, you're like, I only have eight years to retire. Ah, you know, what do I do? And and he's like, hey, name is making the decision. Like, no, man, I, I'm, I'm going out and I'm making this bold move. I'm going to get out and I'm going to, I've been working the past, what, two or about year or so on my, on my passion and on my fortune here. I'm about to, I'm going to continue working on my passion, my fortune. I already have the blueprint. I've already got the systems and everything down packed. Now I can get out and commit all of my time to building this fortune. Right. And uh, I, I really, really commend you for that. I really, I really love that story. It definitely speaks to me and I'm sure it speaks to a lot of our listeners out there. So yeah, man, definitely. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. Yeah, man. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it really comes down to what are you doing? It wasn't going to make you become, I mean, if I stay in the army, I'm going to be probably a retired master sergeant or CW two, three or something like that. Right. Like if I try harder, um, but is that what I want at age 41? I'd really like to be done with all this stuff and just be choosing to do whatever I'd like at that age, not, getting a five, five to $6,000 pension and then still going to get another job. Cause I'm, I'm aiming for $20,000 a month, not five or six, right? At least that's my, that's my, uh, my basement for that. Um, so another, Hey man, we, I know you like Jim Rohn dude. So like when he says, that's, lit that's literally, literally my favorite speaker, literally my yeah. favorite speaker. So when he says like profits are better than, than wages, yes. I'm looking at, I'm looking at, you know, the wages that I've been collecting for the last, 12 years and I go, I can out earn that in probably one year uh, by working on profits. Cause we, we have other things that we do too, man. We, we rent cars on Turo. We do e-com. Uh, we have, I have my rental portfolio. Uh, we wholesale. I mean, I'm sure there's some other stuff in Multiple there somewhere. Streams of income. Yeah, dude, not, and I still, still getting the, you know, check from the army. I don't turn that down, you know, but uh, you gotta, you gotta just do a bunch of stuff, man. And you gotta, make make sure like the things you're doing are worth your time and, and if you're happy with wages that's there's nothing wrong with that um i lived a pretty fun good life still for a while with just wages uh, but i'd like to live a different one now and that's why I've, I've moved into profits instead of wages phenomenal man phenomenal that's a, a, an amazing uh I, I love that just that mindset in general man you, you know you definitely want to be around people that are, that have that mindset because that's those are the people that's going to push you towards growth, right? So the people that we bring on this podcast always have the same mindset, man. That's one thing I love about doing uh, this podcast. Yes, I love putting the information out there, but I mean, there's a little bit of selfishness to it as well because I get to meet great people like Naaman and I get to talk and and kind of reignite that flame of of drive and ambition, you know, that I have to work towards my fortune and my goals, right? Um, and and it just takes literally being around. Around people like that and consistently talking to people like that that can elevate your game and and, and push you into new push you into you know a, a different level push you to a different level so um it's great stuff man so is it is before we wrap up is there anything is there anything else you want to kind of touch on about the wholesaling or touch on just in general yeah um so we're in a bunch of different markets and people want to reach out and uh try to figure out how they can help with wholesaling, uh, I'd be happy to like mail people door hangers. Um, I do, I just try to provide opportunity, man. What people do with it is up to them. Um, so, you know, people reach out and say, Hey, you want to 
drive around and put door hangers on distressed properties, dude. I'll mail them to you, and we can we can get going. Uh, that can be your 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 profit, right? Your part time fortune if you if you decide to do it. Uh, I've never actually offered this to anybody yet. Just had the idea when we were talking. Uh, so like, yeah, if people want to hit me up, man, send me an address. I'll send you some door hangers, and we can get the work on on building building money and fortune and and get some profits, dude. Uh, but you got to have something else going on, man. You can't just be going through the through the army waiting on 20. There's there's nothing cool about spending spending prime years of your life waiting to be done with something. Uh, so find something you're passionate about and, and just pursue it. It doesn't have to make you a ton of money, but at least you're, you're living something, you know, something that's making you happy, uh, something that you enjoy doing. You got to have something else. Don't just be waiting to be done with the army to, to find something else for yourself. Yeah, definitely. I, I I wholly agree with that because I mean, if you guys are, have listened, I am I am going to do twenty, right? Um, but I also have other things that I'm doing outside to continue building a fortune because I know I already know the military is not gonna it's not gonna bring me the type of wealth that I want, right? And I'm not gonna be working after after I retire after twenty, right? Uh, my wife and I are both you know we're both in it for the long haul, and neither one of us are gonna retire. Um, after 20. And that's why we're building these assets now uh, and continuing to build these assets and, and build this platform, right? Because we want multiple streams of income. We want to be at a certain place. It's like uh, Naaman says, um, we, we, we've made our mind to continue to, uh, to build while we're in. And there's no saying that you can't do both. I just want to make sure you guys understand that. Like, oh, yeah. you know, you can definitely stay in, but still be doing the same things as Naaman's doing right now, which, uh, which is, is going to be a little tougher, right? But it definitely can still be done, even with a family, even with, you know, whatever else you got going on. So um, I love it. I love it. Hey, so if there was one piece of yeah, advice, not, go, ahead, go ahead. I would say, yeah, not to knock, you know, standing in the military, dude. <clears throat> I thought I was going to retire from the military up until like probably four months ago. I was like, dude, I'm just going to stay in. I'm going to keep doing this, this real estate thing on the side. Like it's working out great. I can manage everything. But I was also in Germany when I started this and my time was different. So yeah. I would get off work at like 4 or 5 p.m. And it was just 9 or 10 a.m. in the United States. So I was able to work double and, and it was really easy. But getting back to the States, starting my own company, having people that work for me, having to be accountable for a lot of stuff, you can't fit all that to eight, nine hours. It's impossible. It just doesn't work, which is why I made my decision to get out. I think if I still lived in a place like Germany and that was my location, it might be able to work, right? But, you know, uh, staying in the military for 20 years is still a great option for a lot of people. I tell all the guys now because I feel like I'm almost a bad influence sometimes on standing in the army and stuff uh, just because how I'd be talking about things. And I'm like, if you don't have anything better to do, this is the best thing you could be doing. That's the best advice I can give people uh, That's that's that I feel is like honest and real. If you don't have anything better to do, do continue to do this because that's what I did for 12 years. I didn't have nothing better to do and nothing I was passionate about, which is why I joined in the first place because I wasn't trying to go to school. And I did that for a long time until I figured it out. Yeah, it's definitely a, a, a very good launching pad um, for for you to kind of figure out life um, and, and be gaining some type of skills at the same time while you're doing it. So definitely agree with you there. And, and then I know a lot of people are staying in because of uh, because of family as well, you know, healthcare reasons, other, other there's, there's other reasons um, as well. But uh, you're right, man. I, I definitely agree. Um, this is a great launching pad, a great way to, to kind of find yourself 
um, and figure out what you want to do and what you're extremely passionate about and then go pursue that. You know, you can start doing it while you're in the military and then continue to do it. And as you build to a certain level, like Naaman, right, where, where it's like, hey, it makes more sense for me to pursue my passion uh, because it's it's I need more time to commit to it in order to outpace what I'm doing in the military, then that just makes sense, right? Um, so that's, that's excellent, man. You, you dropped so many gems, man. Hey, so if there was one piece of advice, just one piece of advice that you can give to someone listening uh, that wants to do what you're doing, what would that piece of advice be? I would say read as many books as possible. I just recently got, and I was a big reader as a kid, and then I stopped for a long time. I was just working, right? I don't have time to read. So I was just working all the time. And then now I am more busy than I've ever been. And I still make time each day to read a little bit. But you can take so many shortcuts in in your business or career by reading people's stories and books, man. I mean, I just I'm, I usually read like two or three things at a time um, each month. The last month I read four books. Uh, my goal this month is to read a thousand pages. I realize each book is a little bit different, so I can't put books because I almost didn't make it last month. So I put a thousand pages just to make sure I can hit that uh, goal. But like you learn so much from reading other people's stories and like so everything you're trying to do, someone already did it and they did it better. So like just go read their story and figure it out how you can just put it into your life. Uh, so I would say just read a bunch of books, man. Uh, and and that, that's the best advice I can give you. Strongly agree, man. I think that's that's a very um, overlooked thing that people aren't really doing, and they're like, oh, I don't have the time to read. Well, you, if you're listening, if you're in the car and you're listening to music, man, hit hit that audio book, man. You got audio books, and you can listen to books that way. Since we're talking about books, I think it's the perfect time to make a quick plug. Got uh, Mike's book back here, The Elite Investor. I hope you can see it over there. Um, go pick that up if you want to learn um, how Mike got started and what his entire journey. He outlays it all through uh, the, the military elite investor. So definitely go pick that book up as well. It's on Amazon. Um, and if you don't know, dude, Mike's, I mean, you guys have listened to podcasts. Mike's a, an absolute monster. Um, two real, two realty, um, two realty groups. And uh, I think over a hundred doors now and, and hotels and all that stuff. So dude, Mike's, Mike's an absolute monster. And, and that's exactly what Naaman said. You want to learn how to, you want to learn someone else's story and, and how they did it go read the books that they put out. They take a lot of time and effort and energy in, into putting their story down in a book so that other people can learn. This is literally for you. We take time and effort to make these podcasts um, so that you can learn, right? Go listen to this stuff, pick this stuff up because you don't have to go and make a hundred mistakes by yourself. If you can read one book or you can listen to one podcast and save yourself you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of mistakes, why would you not do that? It just doesn't make any sense. So definitely go, uh, go, go, go listen to those books, listen to those podcasts and, and check that stuff out. Dude, you just gave me a great idea. So like, I'm going to probably do as many of these podcasts as possible and then hire a ghostwriter to listen to all of them and then write me a book. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that. Working smarter. Not. Dude. <laughs> I don't want to sit here and type all day. Yeah, like, just yeah. terrible, dude. I'm like, well, listen to these 20 podcasts I did, and then bring me a rough draft, and then I'll add to this. I'm not great at thinking of original ideas, but I can like really help recreate some stuff. Yeah, and that, and, that, yeah. and that's awesome, dude. Like, I mean, you pretty much outlaid your whole entire story here, and they can write a baseline for you, and then you can go out and help other people with your with your story because every single and that's another thing I love about these podcasts. Every single person has something that 
you can relate to. There's a little bit of tidbit of information that you can relate to. They're all different. They're all the same, but because they're all talking about real estate, but they're all so different, right? Um, and you can learn a little bit of something off of off of everyone. It's just good stuff. So I thank you for for coming on and like sharing that knowledge, sharing your journey, um, giving those that that great it, that great uh the, that gold that information. Really, really appreciate that. Um, how can our listeners get in contact with you? Yes, I'm on Instagram, uh, Naaman underscore Taylor, N-A-A-M-A-N underscore Taylor. Uh, that's my Instagram handle. I recently changed it. My wife was giving me a hard time about my last one. And my mentor is still mad to be more professional on Instagram. So now, I, uh, now you, you got to say what your last one was. I mean, you, you just uncommon the denominator. It was uncommon, uncommon denominator. I love bad. that. Yeah, it's cool, that's right? That's what I thought. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, as, as I'm trying to do what I'm doing, it's becoming less about me on my Instagram and more about what I'm trying to do. So I think it would just help. And plus, mm -hmm. I went by Taylor for a long time. Uh, so now that I'm doing real estate, people are trying to use my first name all the time. And uh, <laughs> I was like, I just kind of started using my first name now. This was strange yeah. for me because I was just been Taylor for, you yeah. know, 10 plus years. So, uh, and then Facebook, name and Taylor. And then uh, our company is Marching Time Capital. You can follow them on Instagram as well at Marching Time Capital. Excellent. Excellent. I will definitely follow that. Hey, if you're listening, all that information will be down below as well. So uh, definitely reach out to Naaman. If you're trying to get involved in the wholesaling and you want some little yellow letters, do you can, you can, uh, some yellow door hangers, send him your Addy and he'll, he'll go ahead and send that to you. And then you can start, you know, JV and learning that way. You talk about adding, adding value and providing value, right? Um, and we talked about that earlier in the episode as well, adding value, how can you, how you can help someone else out to be a mentor. I think that's probably a very good way of, of starting it out. So um, yeah, man. Hey, if you're watching this on YouTube, make sure you leave, uh, hit that like button, hit the subscribe button, hit the notification bell so you can get more of these dope ass episodes, right? And then leave a comment if you have any questions. I'm sure Naaman will be on there to answer any questions that are there. Uh, if you're listening to this on podcast, um, share this episode with a friend, man. Like we dropped some gems, dude. Like Naaman put out a bunch of information there. So make sure you share it on pod, share this podcast with a friend that could use the information. Right. And then, uh, leave us a, leave us a note. If you got any questions or, you know, leave us a review. We appreciate those. We do read those, uh, come join the Facebook group. Um, outside of that, man, Naaman again, thanks so much for coming on. You got any last words? No, yeah, I'm just looking forward to the DMs and uh, thanks for having me on, man. I really appreciate it. I, I love that I can share this story and this will probably be one of the biggest episodes I'll tell them to go listen to when, I, when they're writing my book. Yeah, <laughs> you outlined it all. I appreciate it, man. Hey, so with that, um, this is Dan Wynn signing off.